There will be seven between the Bruins and the Panthers after the Bruins was a heartbreaker in Florida. Meanwhile, the Celtics get it done in six against the Hawks. This is the press pass. I am Chris Ryan. 7-5. The Bruins lose in game six in Florida. And Bruins had so many chances to win this game, had so many things you know, go against them. Again, turnovers were a problem. Linus Olmark letting in six goals. Uh, the referees didn't do the Bruins any favors in this game either. And we find ourselves in a position that really didn't expect Bruins to be in a do-or-die Game 7 at home. Panthers coming in with house money and all the pressure in the world on a Boston Bruins team that's expected to win a championship, and everybody expected to win a championship after their historic regular season. There's a lot to break down here in this game, but I want to start with some of the coaching decisions. And I feel that Jim Montgomery is a really good NHL coach. I think he's done a good job with this team, but some of the moves in this series have not made a lot of sense. And first and foremost, Linus Allmark is going to win the Vesna Trophy this year. But he was the best goalie in the National Hockey League, while Jeremy Swayman was the third best in the league. They alternated for most of the season. Meanwhile, Linus has played all six games in this series, and his play has been questionable at times, and no bigger questions than his play in Game 5 in overtime behind the net where he turned the puck over to the Panthers, and that ended up being the game-winning goal. The time to... Make a change with Linus, I thought, was probably in Game 3. Get Jeremy Swayman in the series after the Bruins lost Game 2. Get him started here. And if not, Swayman should have started last night. Now we're going into a Game 7. Swayman has not played at all in the postseason. has not played in weeks. And you're going to make the switch now and put him in goal? Uh, That's not the best-case scenario. And I think that Swayman should have been in the series earlier. Another... Really mind-boggling decision was putting Connor Clifton back in the lineup last night and taking Matt Grizzlick out. I thought Grizzlick was decent in the two games that he played, and Clifton was really, really bad in uh, Game 6. Whether it was taking the penalty, whether it was the fact that he turned the puck over on two goals, uh, or the fact that he didn't play the puck behind the net, uh, after the Bruins, you know, went up, uh, went up four uh, three in the game, and you need to obviously hold that lead. So a lot of questions. David Pasternak certainly bounced back with uh, two big goals. Uh, Brad Marchand's been great. Tyler Bertuzzi's been great in this series. But the Bruins find themselves in a spot now where they are going into a game seven tomorrow night at home at six thirty against the Florida Panthers. Let's check in on the Bruins right now. Some interviews right now. We'll start with the head coach of the Bees, Jim Montgomery. As the Bruins need to clean up their game, particularly when it comes to turnovers, going into this Game 7. They have not been good at home in this series in Games 2 or 5. I explain some of the, the turnovers, too. Obviously, you have a couple costly ones there. Mostly at home. What do you kind of point to? Um, a lot of times at home, because we love playing in front of our fans so much and we love the TD Garden, that we want to make them happy right away. Instead of building our team game, we try and get results right away. And a lot of times when you're forcing plays, the other team is forcing you into tough areas instead of just maybe moving it up the wall or putting it in on the forecheck. You try and go through the middle tape to tape, and they go the other way. Has Linus given you what you've wanted you know, in this series? Yeah. I, I think he, you know, goaltending's been an edge for us. 
from a messaging and demeanor standpoint, like how do you handle these games? And, and do you want the guys to be loose? Do you want more intensity? And how do you kind of express that to them? Um, I want our guys to be loose. Um, and, you know, we always try and learn from what happened, win or lose. But now we move forward and our focus goes to, you know, having the right attitude moving forward, whether that's, you know, that's sometimes that's humor, sometimes that's intensity. It just depends on where you think the group's at and what they can benefit the most from. There were questions around David Pasternak's play heading into last night's game number six. Pasta answered with two big goals, including the first goal they scored was an absolute highlight real one where he was able to move the puck through his legs and get it up high in the netminder Bobrovsky. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, too, I mean, the Bruins did not benefit from the refereeing in this game. They went up 3-2, but a marginal hand pass call in which – DeBrusque was just trying to push the puck from uh, where he was down on the ice to his stick as he was going to get up. Ended up going on to Bergeron. Bergeron moved it around, and the Bruins ended up scoring shortly after that. That goal was waved off. Also, Dmitry Orlov was tripped up, clearly. No call. Scores 5-5. Then Clifton comes up with the puck and promptly turns it over, and it was 6-5 after that point in time. Here's David Pasternak on uh, turning things around and the pressure that sits on his shoulders. In terms of self-evaluation, how do you see yourself through five games? What would you like to do better? And how do you create more offense? Probably uh, I, I kind of shoot the puck more a little bit. Um, you know, obviously get a couple of block shots, and, and uh, then you, you try to look for for another pay, play to see if somebody else is open better. So, uh, yeah, definitely uh, going with the shooting man- mindset moving forward. How do you deal with the type of attention that you receive, both from the opposition and also from the fans, and the pressure that kind of comes on, you know, being the sixty-goal scorer and, and people wanting to you see you succeed in the opposition not wanting you to? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, you said, you know, uh, perfectly. You know, one side won't see me uh, score goals, and the other side doesn't, right? So, um, no, I, I honestly like it. You know, it's uh, how I said. Uh, for me, it's it's just simple and have the shooting mentality that I had the whole year long, so uh, that's what I'm going to do. Jim said the team has adjusted slowly to the playoffs. So why do you think that is, and what does the team need to do overall to get to where you want to be? Um, I don't think we adjust slowly. I mean, Florida, you know, they've been playing a play of hockey for the past two months, you know, and, and uh, we were a little bit in different uh, situation, which obviously... Uh, you know, I think I still think we, we had uh, good games, you know, and, and you know, we... How I said, uh, our focus right now is uh, for tomorrow's game and, and to get it done over there. Of course, that did not happen, and there will now be a game number seven at the TD Garden tomorrow night. Here's Nick Foligno. At home in this series, you've had issues structurally in your own end and also with, with turnovers. Why do you think that is, and how do you clean it up? I think it's just an eagerness sometimes to to want to make that that big play, and, and I think you know with the Boston Bruins all year long, we've been a team that just builds our game, you know, and then plays the right way, puts pucks in areas to get them back or or out of danger spots, and then when those plays open up, we make them. And I think right now we're we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves in, in some aspects where we're we know that that option's there, but in, in playoffs, it's sometimes the safer play is just to go up the wall or or you know hit the person that's five feet in front of you instead of trying to make that that cross ice pass. So. I think that's just the, 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 the eagerness to, to really want to make a difference, but understanding the ebbs and flows in the game of when that's important and when that isn't. And we're a team that really you know builds off of that process that we talk about of, of just wearing teams down, playing that hard-nosed style, and eventually they break and we take advantage. Can you describe the mood and mindset, you know, the boys going into this one. Yeah, it's just it's next. You know, it's it's uh, 
you can never get too high and too low in playoffs. It's uh, it's an emotional roller coaster. I think more for the families and fans and uh, than for us because we know it's it's hard. It's hard to win, and you know teams fighting for their lives to to keep their season alive, and and we're trying to close them out. And there's a lot of emotions and. I think if you're the team that just can stay above that and, and be real smart and detailed in how you go about your process, those are usually the teams that move on. So I think for us, it's it's knowing what we can improve on and, and it's being excited about another chance that we've given ourselves, like I said, to, to close this out. And So, of course, Game 6 was the second opportunity this week to close out this series. Their third opportunity will come in Game 7 tomorrow. Uh, their first opportunity was Game 5. Bruins fell behind in this Game 1, nothing, 2-1, to 3-2, came back each time, were able to tie it uh, and forced overtime. They almost won it as Brad Marchand was able to get the puck off a faceoff and uh, skate the length of the ice, shot it into the right pad, looked like the five hole was open. Um, that's one that may live on with Marshy for a period of time. The Bruins don't win this series. And, of course, things went to overtime. And Linus Olmark went behind the net and inexplicably passed the puck to Panthers forward Carter Verhage. Verhage found Kachuk, and that was it. Here's Linus postgame. You know, I try to like not put myself in a position where I can uh, bank it off me. Uh, you know, unfortunately, it hits my, you know, hits my skate and then ends up in the wrong hands. And from there, it was kind of a situation where I couldn't uh, get back into position. And, you know, he takes it wide and then puts it in. In that spot, are you trying to anticipate what he's going to, to do and do the opposite? Or did you, you know, see something on that play to send it up, you know, obviously around the, the wall the other side? I thought that was the best play. That's it, you know, and it ended up being, you know, the, the worst play. But it also, it doesn't matter really, but from now on, you know, that happened. Uh, we can all think about what, what I should have done or could have done. But also, maybe if I did that, maybe this would have been the same results. Who knows? This, uh, this is the life of hockey. It's like, uh, this is the game sometimes, and just got to take, for the, take for, not take anything for granted. How do you have a mind of, as a goldfish, as you mentioned, in a situation like that and just flush? Is it because I'm easy or do you, are you going to think about it? Like, how do you go about getting it out of the way? I just all about uh, do a little bit of a, what's it called, um, uh, go inside of ourselves, think about what we could have done better, and then look at the, for me, it's looking at the footage, you know, try to take the good and positive things out of this game and then uh, bring that in for uh, game six. What do you think of the team overall? What do you think of your game tonight? I think it shows a lot of grit and you know and a lot of trust in each other. We came back all three times there. Uh, it didn't matter if we were down one nothing, two one, or three, three two. We know we, we came right back and we know that we can do that because uh, we have that you know um, swagger about ourselves that it doesn't matter how much or how many goals they score, we can always uh, score more. Also talked with Charlie McAvoy. We gotta we gotta start on time. Um, you know these games. Uh, you can't really afford to start slow, so you know we got to revisit our start and what makes us a good team. And we're able to to get out and uh, and get to our game early. Lena said that he likes to have a mind like a goldfish, just kind of let it go. Is that where you're at as well? Do you use these types of moments to you know, provide you know, fuel, anger, obviously moving forward to perform better? Um, I mean, yeah, I think that's a. A good mindset to have um, you know I think the never too high never too low type thing obviously it's first to four um, you know it's hard it's the hardest game to get is the fourth one when you're looking at a team season so uh, it's not easy and 
um, we got another chance to do it in a couple of days. Has this been more difficult than you expected against the Panthers, or is this the, the matchup that you anticipated? No, it's playoff hockey. Nothing's easy. Um, the second you think that it's going to be easy or, you know, there's no such thing as an inferior opponent in the playoffs, um, you know, if you don't respect the team, you'll lose. What stood out to you, you know, most about what you liked in terms of the way you guys approached this game? And do things carry over from a positive sense? I think the positive is that, you know, we were down. And every time we were down, we came back. So obviously that's uh, that's something that's encouraging. You know, fighting our group, we've been able to do that all year. Um, you know, we just weren't able to close it out at the end. Just to highlight how quickly a series can change, this was the conversation I had with Jake DeBrus going into game number five, where the Bruins had been the much better team in games three and four. It looked like they were about to you know, win this series. Uh, they had been awoken by the Florida Panthers and a lot of their extracurricular stuff, but the Bruins got off to a slow start in game five. They had to come from behind three times. They ended up losing in overtime. You go back to Florida, you play on their home ice. They need to win. And they were the better team in Game 6. So things can shift very quickly in these series, as highlighted by this conversation. Do you feel like they kind of poked the bear, so to speak, in that game with a little bit, you know, the after-the-whistle stuff and things are going on with, with Trent and just kind of their overall you know, demeanor? Where it, it felt like they were playing at a, a different you know, level in terms of their physicality and their focus, and then they kind of brought it out of you moving forward, who obviously you guys you know, appear to be the superior team. Um, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that, um, you know, obviously we didn't like how that game went and ourselves, you know, I think it was more so of, uh, us just kind of, um, you know, making a point, you know, sending messages, whatever you want to call it, the playoff time, you see it all around the league and uh, at the end of the game there in game two, again, game five is coming up, so I don't really, honestly, I don't really care what happened in those games, but uh, it was one of those things that, you know, we looked at it as uh, it was a wake-up call just for all of us and honestly, um I never want to give up home ice advantage, and at that point in time, it was 1-1. So uh, we knew we needed to go with a response. I thought they got um, pretty chippy as it went along, even Game 3 and Game 4, but that's to be expected. You know, it's playoffs. It's not, uh, you know, guys' are guys' lives and guys' jobs are on the line, and, um, you know, it's either win or go home type of scenario. So uh, we're expecting a war, and that's, that's kind of how we're preparing. What's it meant to see, you know, the depth deliver the way that it has? Because obviously we, we talked throughout the course of the season – the depth was the best part of this team, and now to see it, you know, happen with Patrice obviously coming back for Game Five, Krejci out for a little bit, but missing both of those guys that are such cornerstone players, and you saw guys like yourself, uh, Batuzzi, and everybody pretty much collectively step up. Yeah, I think that's how you go about it. You know, it's one of those things where it's not necessarily one guy, um, you know, doing all the grunt work there. You know, there's different performances and uh, different times of the game where guys come through, but you need a full team to kind of rally around, especially losing, like you said, two two huge players for our team, but. At the same time, it's one of those things that we've dealt with throughout the year. We had a couple of games. I think there was a couple of road games where we kind of had some test runs almost. Um, this thing would happen in playoffs. You know, you know it, there's always injuries in playoffs. So it's one of those things that, like we were talking about, like you said earlier in the year, uh, why we're so good, I think it was the question. It was because of our depth, and it, that just kind of shows through. And it's always nice to contribute, but you need everybody to do it, even the guys. You know, like we're going off statistics. You know, like Charlie Coyle's got one goal in the series, but I think he's been one of our best players, if not our best player. So I look at it as... Um, what you bring to the table, uh, and we all have to collectively, you know, build our game, uh, no matter who's in the lineup or who's out. Several months ago, the conversation was held about, you know, who had a better chance of winning the championship this year. Was it the Celtics or the Bruins? I said, despite the, what the Bruins were doing, you know, there were a lot more quality teams in the NHL than in the NBA. And 
starting to see that a little bit here with the Celtics. The Celtics were able to take care of things in Game 6. They should have won Game 5. You know, Jason Tatum apologized to Janet Jackson because they had to cancel her concert in uh, Atlanta, which they had scheduled uh, for Thursday evening. Um, but the Celtics went out and got things done. And Tatum and Brown were really good in that game. They combined for 63. Jalen Brown has played really well in this series. Celtics win 128-120. to So Celtics' best players have been really good. And that is important, obviously, in the postseason. Now they play against Philly, and Philly is probably not going to have Joel Embiid, at least for the first game, and it seems kind of murky as to what his playing time is going to be throughout the course of this series. Milwaukee, out. The Knicks and the Heat are on the other side of the bracket staring at the Celtics. So the path to the NBA Finals for the Celtics doesn't appear to be all that rocky, particularly given with the Embiid situation. Celtics will open up against the Philadelphia 76ers on Monday night at 7.30 inside TD Garden. I talked with Celtics head coach Joe Mazzulla about what he's getting from Tatum and Brown. Joe, have you noticed any differences in JT and JB in terms of intensity, focus, more rested in this postseason than compared to last year? Um, I mean, I think those two guys uh, carry themselves with a lot of professionalism and work ethic throughout the entire year, so I don't notice too much different. But I did like um, their well-balanced game last game. I thought that both of them uh, had a positive impact on offense as well as defense. Um, and so I think when you have guys that do that, it puts you in position to, to win. From a demeanor standpoint in the postseason, how do you kind of you know meet the moment where the stakes are high? Obviously, there can be high, highly pressurized moments. What do you, you know, do to make sure that you're not you know, too intense, but also you know you find a good level in terms of your messaging? It's the playoffs. There's no such thing as too intense. Let's head over to Fenway Park now to check in on the Boston Red Sox. Red Sox coming off a decent road trip in which uh, they were able to split against two quality teams, the Baltimore Orioles and the Milwaukee Brewers. Sox at 13-14, and 14, dropping under 500 after a 5-2 loss to the Guardians last night. Back at it today. Garrett Whitlock, though, going on the IL. He's having some elbow issues. Team downplaying how significant that might be for the big righty. We'll close out this series against the Guardians today and tomorrow. And then... Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Bo Bichette, and the Toronto Blue Jays come in for four games against the Red Sox. I talked with Boston's Justin Turner. You had a ton of anticipation about playing for the Red Sox, playing in Boston. How has the reality of that matched kind of what you expected? Yeah, it's been fantastic. Uh, the energy uh, from the fans, uh, you know, the weather is not a deterrent. Um, it's been it's been electric here. There's been some some really really cool moments already earlier in the season. You obviously grew up rooting for the Dodgers, got to play for them in another historic franchise. How would you kind of compare and contrast, you know, the the two franchises, the fan bases, and also how much did you maybe need this at this, this point of your career to have a change uh, in you know, everything your surroundings? Um, yeah, I think obviously it's two storied franchises and getting the opportunity to put on another uniform that uh, represents so much history in our game is, is pretty special. Um, I don't take that for granted at all. I think, uh, you know, the situation that came about um, and the fact that I got to land here in a, in a storied franchise and that has so rich in tradition, uh, I consider myself pretty lucky. As a leader with this group, what are some of the things that kind of you hope to 
give in that you've learned throughout the course of, of your career and being a part of you know this team in the role that you're in now do you see do you try to lead or is it just kind of a natural thing for you with your personality and so forth well I think the most important thing coming into a new team is uh, you know leadership isn't just handed to you you don't just you don't just walk into a room and and expect to have everyone's ear or everyone's attention you have to earn uh, the respect and you do that by showing up every day and uh, being accountable and being the same guy every single day and uh, you know that's my goal is to continue to work and, and earn everyone's respect and um, you know when you respect everyone and have their respect then uh, it makes it a lot easier to, to stand up and, and address things that need to be addressed. Every player will talk about consistency and that being kind of the hardest part of the game, being consistent as a player and as a person. And given the nature of baseball, how hard is it for you to remain consistent you know, as a person with everything that goes on in your life? You have kids, uh, the situation's at home, and you may lose a tough game here. You come back, you may have a great game here. There's all these variables, but meanwhile, you have to maintain the kind of a consistent approach. What are the keys to kind of surviving the variables and being the same yeah I mean I think it's easier said than done but obviously uh separating the two things you you have baseball when you're at baseball and then you know when you go home uh you're you're focused on on what's going on at home and um I think managing and and controlling the things that you can control is a big part of that you know um not ex- expecting to get a hit every single time, um, you know, just making sure you're taking a quality of bat every time. That's something you can control. Getting a hit is really hard to do in this game, and, and honestly, uh, you do all the right things and you hit a ball hard right at somebody and, and, and you're out. You can't control where they're, where they're standing. So I think managing expectations, managing um, what you can control and, and separating, uh, you know, your baseball life and your personal life is, is important. And the final thing I want to ask you about is, you know, just kind of the, the overall vibe with the, the group as you've gone through some ups and downs here early in the season, and kind of as you were talking about before with the consistency. What have been the keys, you know, there? Particularly, Duval gets off to a great start. There's been some adversity here early. Yeah, some adversity, a couple of injuries, uh, a couple of guys have gone down. And, you know, started the season without Story and, and a couple of our starters, and then Duval gets off the hot start. He gets hurt. You know, ZK coming up with the arm injury. Um, so it's a season full of ups and downs, uh, not just for us, but that's how it goes for everybody. And uh, kind of having that next man up mentality and holding down the fort until uh, everyone gets healthy. And I think if you've watched these first, you know, 20 or so games, um, you know, the resiliency of this club, uh, no matter what the scoreboard says, has been pretty impressive, in my opinion. I think uh, in almost every game we've lost, uh, we've got the tying run or the winning run up to the plate um, in almost all of them. So uh, there's no quit. There's no, there's no, you know, rolling over, giving away at bats. Um, the guys are playing 27 outs and making it tough on, on those other pitching staffs, and that's been fun to see. Justin Turner right there. A lot of excitement on the last homestand with Shohei Otani in town. I asked Shohei about playing at Fenway. Second time pitching at Fenway. What do you enjoy about being here, and is this a place that you, you enjoy playing at? Well, I 
it's one of my favorite parts, so I always look forward to pitching here, but like the conditions then allow me to have fun fully. But other than that, I always look forward to pitching here. Finally, the draft for the Patriots, really good. I love Christian Gonzalez. Patriots making a trade and uh, getting an additional draft choice. Good second day of the draft as well. Patriots, uh, in my view, having a solid go of it at the NFL draft. This has been the Press Pass. I am Chris Ryan.